Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. From the halls of assembly, you hear a screaming shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. Well, let's set the stage. We just finished watching the IU versus Louisville game, where Indiana wins the game in dominant fashion. I mean, never a question against a team in Louisville that clearly is on their way to a deep NCAA run. It was a thing of beauty. I look like I got giant man boobs. That's not a good look. I mean, that's not a good look. We'll do some push-ups before yeah. our guest comes on. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was just uh, the the way the game's supposed to be played. It was beautiful. Two historic programs clearly reclaiming their spot atop um, the NCAA. As you said, it was a tournament for whoever won this game was going to be crowned the Kings of Shit Mountain. The Kings of Shit Mountain, which is what that game felt like. <laughs> Oh, Bailey didn't like the game either. We've got we've got some special special guests in the studio today. Che Che and Bailey. Yep. yep. How you Thanks. doing? How you doing, dogs? Come here. So listen, we're not going to get into a long uh intro here about the game because we're going to do that along with some other things with our guest. But as always, we are powered by communitycards.com. Was that like smoke in there's things that made you go deeper than normal? No, I just you know, I like to play around, just changed it up. Yeah, right. Right, Bailey? Bailey's eating some food. Yeah. Uh our friends at communitycars.com, Evan Martin and the family. They are part of the IU basketball family, men's team, women's team, football. They support all IU athletics. They've been very invested in NIL and helped us with the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. They're they're just the people you want to buy a car from. Period. It, it doesn't matter how ugly our basketball game is. I have returned. That's my son just jumping in. Can you let them in? Yeah. I didn't see. Sorry. They, Julian, can you feed them? Thanks. 
just keeping it real here. You're going to cut that. Sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> doesn't matter how ugly our production is, how ugly the basketball game is. Cars from Community Cars, they're beautiful. They're clean. They're in great shape. You're not going to buy a lemon. They're going to they're gonna give you a doozy at a fair price. All right. So let's talk about what this episode is going to be, because it is Tuesday when people are listening to this, mm -hmm. and it is the week of thanks grieving. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. We didn't feel like being thankful for a lot because we're pissed off about a lot when it comes to IU athletics yeah. right now. Yeah. A lot. So we thought we should air out our grievances during this episode, <laughs> and the puns just made, wrote themselves. So welcome to... The first ever, we did a Festivus episode where it is the airing of grievances. It is. This is this is our version of Festivus. It's Thanksgiving, not Christmas, Hanukkah, and it is all about bitching and moaning. Welcome to the first ever edition of Hoosier Hysterics, Thanks Grieving. If you're going to do a show about Thanks Grieving, there is only one guest to bring on. He he needs no introduction, but we should introduce him anyway, because we love him. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. He is a former Big Ten Player of the Year. He is one of the greatest that ever wore the uniform. What are you What are you cringing for already? That's a little bit much, dude. I, <laughs> I've, I'm a huge fan. I've been watching for a long time. I don't put myself in that category, but thank you. But well, no. we do. We do. Eric, Eric definitely does. Yeah, you were drafted into the NBA. I've seen some. No, I've seen some old footage. I saw. I watched a couple games, and I was like, "Nah, that guy. He kind of he can make some baskets, but nah, I don't know." All right, know. all right. Let me do it again. He wore number thirty-four, where he had a mediocre career with average athletic ability and barely scraped his potential. Please welcome Dutch. Evans and the perfect guest for the first ever thanks grieving episode of the Hoosier Hysterics, where we, <laughs> where we air out our grievances about all IU athletics and anything else you want to air a grievance about. Dutch, the game just ended. Have at it. Thanks, grieving. That's funny. You guys, I don't know if you made that up or you heard that somewhere else. That's good. Yeah, no, That's Eric good. got that one. That was him. But it was a man. It was, it was part of man. workshopping. We were workshopping. I wish I was. I wish I was like wherever you guys are. I don't know. Are, are you at one of your houses? Where are you? Well, it's backyard. We wish you were here too. Yeah. Mis misery loves. Man, I could smoke a cigar with you guys right now. Tonight would be a good night. It would be all right. So give us your take. What is your major grievance with the Indiana basketball program after that astounding victory? against Louisville? Um, IQ intelligence. We are, um, we're lacking. So, and more than anything else, it's like the fouling. Yeah. And, you know, this is, I'm going to go the last two games. I'm blown away by how little we know about the game of basketball. And it, it you know, I'm going right at it. It goes, it's, you've got to just, it's got to go to the coaching staff, man. Got to go to the coaching staff. We don't understand time and place of a basketball game. Um, I'll go to the UConn game. We got a point guard, sixth year, seventh year, eighth year, whatever he is, 
to to foul out of a game in 13 minutes. I've never um, I've never heard of that in my whole life. Who's Sorry, that? Is my that dog bear? is my dog is raping uh, Ward at the moment. <laughs> what is was that? that a was that a grizzly bear? Where are we? Are you guys in the northwest? Are you in Vancouver? Where are you? Um, a bear. There was a bear attack during the podcast. Sherman Oaks, California. All right. So uh, wait, that dog, that dog knew that or that dog or bear knew he was going to take advantage of somebody. He was going to take advantage of uh, good old Ward of him. Yeah. All right. So back to the coaching staff and just the awareness and IQ of this team. They clearly. You think, what do you think? It's that they haven't recruited for it or they haven't coached it or both? <laughs> Eric's dog is humping his leg. <laughs> this is a great episode. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Well, you know, they say that ratings, you know, it's it sweeps, it sweeps time and they like sex. Sex so, sells, baby. There we go. Oh, wow. Well, so, um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm stunned after two games in New York City that I just don't think we're very smart. You know, that, that's, that's the thing that bothers me the most is, like, I, I start thinking about the Big Ten season because it always gets harder, right? The Big Ten, when, when teams that have scouted you year over year over year are, are preparing for you, and they, they already know your tendencies as a whole, and, that, and now they can watch who you've played – in the preseason and that makes me really nervous right now because we just don't seem very smart could and it, could it be to the our big, team, big 10 teams figure that out but could it be to our advantage that when i watch us play i have no idea what we're doing i don't think we know what we're doing how can you scout that well you're suggesting that maybe there's like this like a uh, sneak attack because uh, nobody knows what's going on. Right. Maybe. I mean, I've never heard of that. <laughs> that's a, that's a new. That's I guess that's a new game plan. It's like we don't know what we're doing, so how could they know what we're doing? Maybe that would work. Uh, I wouldn't bet on it. But um, I'm 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 upset with our fouling and our lack of court awareness and presence. Like in that first game, the in the UConn game, thirteen minutes our leader captain fouls out i i don't understand that and on any level how you could ever let that happen if you feel like i need to be on the court for my team uh, i i just i feel point shaving when i see that i don't understand that and then malik you know here he here's a guy who's on a you know a path for a career night so when you have a night like that as a player you guys have never experienced this as non-players but you, you get you, the juices are flowing, right? You're going, man, I, I mean, I, I got it going on. Maybe I can drop 30 in the garden. I mean, this is the garden. And for his lack of awareness to come out and like foul, foul, foul and leave the game with um, Eric, you said seven minutes to go in the game. No way. No way. That That's just, I'm not going to blame the necessarily the coaches, but like, I just don't understand how the player doesn't feel that that vibe of like, man, I'm in a flow. I got to stay on the court. I can't I can't commit a tic tac foul. Yet 
he fouls out of the game. Tonight was not that much different. So many silly fouls out away from the basket, where foul that, you know, the hash mark, um, like double teaming a guard that can't shoot, like drop back in the paint, man. What are you doing? Why are you? And I don't know. I'm not in the, I don't know what the game plan is. So I don't know what the coaches are telling him to do. Like, Hey, let's just press the shit out of people that can't shoot 35 feet from the basket and double team them. I don't know if they're saying that's what he's supposed to do, but it makes no sense. Like you're seven, one with an eight foot wingspan get in the lane. These are these Louisville players. They're, they're not good. They're, they're not making, it's not Steph Curry, you know, and, and yet we're committing a foul by the hash mark. I know I'm harping on one particular foul, but, I'm so worried about our IQ. It's unbelievable. And what we don't have, if I were to air another grievance, is you don't even have that one player, that one player, who can just grab everybody and will them to do more than what they are capable of doing or will them into not making the stupid play. If Xavier is our leader, it's it's not working. I mean, he's not a floor general. He he just isn't. Trey Galloway isn't a floor general. He's not a, a captain. He's not a true leader of the team. I do want to ask you, though, to play in to your Yang a little bit on the coaching staff. For whatever reason, they either haven't recruited high basketball IQ or awareness, or they haven't developed it, because it's not there. I agree with you. That said, we don't win this basketball game tonight, or I should say, we aren't the beneficiaries of Louisville losing the game tonight if we don't go to that zone defense that totally flummoxed Louisville. I mean, if Kenny Payne wanted to prove another way in which he is a one of the worst coaches in the history of college basketball, he did it by not being able to exploit a zone for a team that doesn't play zone. Like, we don't really know how to play zone, but they ran nothing. They were rarely running a guy to the free throw line. They were just dribbling out 30 feet from the basket. Do you give our coaches some credit to be like, it's not working man-to-man. Let's throw the zone at him and see if we can at least confuse him. Because it did confuse them. I was blown away by the the low level of basketball that was being played. You couldn't. Um, you yeah, I really was. You can't separate. I already knew Louisville wasn't good. I mean, they're not good. Um, I'm no, I, I cannot give any credit for like, whoa, we switched, we switched over to a, a two, three to, to me. We did this once or twice my last year of playing with coach, which, you know, that's shameful. You know, like we, I was embarrassed, um, at a timeout that he wanted us to go to a zone because it's him just, just uber frustrated with his ball club. You know, he didn't, he does not want to do that. And I know that Mike Woodson, without even knowing him, because I've never met him, as I've said before on other podcasts, he does not want to go to a zone. When you're going to a zone against Louisville, who's terrible, can't beat a, you know, Kentucky Wesleyan, that's an admission of sorts. Like, we, I don't trust our, you know, you got to, you got to man up and play your, your defense. It worked. 
But it, did it work because Louisville is so terrible and so poorly coached? Yes. Or was it like a great coaching move? I, I don't yeah, – I, I, I can't both, give it credit for being a coaching move. I'm sorry. No, I, I think both can be true. Our defense was terrible in the second half. They were – it was Swiss cheese. They were getting alley-oops. They were getting drives to the bucket with no resistance, dumping off to the big man, wide open threes. Like, they they were they were crushing us. They went up 60 to 53. We switched to the zone. And Louisville is terrible. I mean, they are terrible. They have proved that there is a Power 5 program worse than us. Like, they are terrible. Absolutely terrible. So both things can be true, I believe. But, Ward, do you have a grievance about IU basketball that you'd like to throw out there on this Thanksgiving? I want to stick with, first of all, I think I have to talk louder just so when I'm adjusting volume levels and you're screaming the whole time that I'm, I'm still can be heard. So Brian, you talk about intelligence for the team. Collective IQ is what I want to talk about because you were talking about ticky tack fouls from leaders. That's an individual thing, but in terms of the team playing smarter together on either end of the floor, do you see any nugget of anything so far this season that you can point to and be like, yes, that is what they need to focus on and move towards in order to keep, well, I don't know if you could say moving in the right direction, but to start going in the right direction. There are 10 new players on this team. What are you seeing that maybe we're doing badly or, or glimpses that we're doing well that could that could make us seem like a smarter team two months from now. Is is there anything? Glimpses? Well, first off, you're high, and that's why like his volume is disturbing you. And your your set your ears are sensitive. That's, that's, I can, I, it's true. You your false. your ears are sensitive and and you're getting mad at Eric, who's just he's doing a great job on the podcast. He's yelling. And, he's yelling. Well, you're sitting really close to him. Yeah, and you're a three thousand miles away with Zoom, like tampering it down. But he's he's passionate about this, and there's we're, we're let's be honest, our emotions are running a little bit high. We just watched us win a game, and we all thought we were going to lose the game. We were down four or five or six, and it was looking really really bad. And I'll go back to the zone. I don't know. It obviously it changed the game. It did change the game, but I think it changed the game because Louisville Louisville is not very smart, and we're just a smidge smarter. Uh, I don't know, and I don't. Your question is confusing me. I think that uh, you're you're trying to you're trying to get me to be positive right now. I don't feel very positive. I am. uh, I am not. I am not very emotionally charged. I am emotionally drained. I have very little emotion left. (laughs) in me after these last two games of basketball. And I'm just, I'm wondering if there's a way a team can get smarter. Is it because we honestly don't know what the hell each other's doing yet? We don't. So, so we have a little bit of raw ability, like, so where, you know, he makes plays that I'm like, dang, that guy's long. He's athletic. Um, We haven't had a guy like that. I don't think ever. That's that tall, that long, and he's 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 you know he's he's definitely raw, but he shows glimpses. Or I'm like his. By the way, his 
um, his form, his free throw, that guy is really, really talented, like very talented. And he could be a great player. I don't know that he'll ever develop into that in the NBA, but man, I mean, it's a skill set that we don't see very often anywhere in college basketball. Like if I saw him playing for Gonzaga, I would take notice and say, geez, that guy, wow, that guy's got a lot of ability. Would you um, agree with Eric and I's assessment? He's got the best looking shot on the team. Yes. Yeah. And then Mbako, is that his name? He 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 came off a curl, you know, early second half, you know, a little bit outside the elbow, caught it and made a shot. And man, I, I mean, it was pretty. And it was like, geez, I, that's NBA caliber. That 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 was a polished high-level player looking, you know, the form, the footwork, it all looked really, really good. And then um, we never ran it again. And then we never ran it again. So I don't know about run. Yeah, so I don't know about running it like that. Just he made it look really easy, which, you know, part of me as a fan is like, geez, that, that guy's got ability. Uh, but he looked so inept yesterday. And so asleep at the wheel, uh, defensively, just so lost. And then on the bench, you know, and I hate to say this, but I'll say it. They 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 zoomed in on him, and he looked like confused. Like yeah, yeah, he doesn't know the cameras on him, but he looked like a guy that just didn't even know where he was. Not fair to him that the cameras hitting him <laughs> when he came out of the game. But it's like there's a ton of raw ability. But just like he was so lost on the court and not dialed in. And, and and so what would he do when it's a freshman? Do you say, well, he doesn't he's not ready to play at this level. He doesn't know where he's at. I mean, or do you say, well, that's the, the coach's job to get those guys like tuned in, dialed in and, and a, like alert. He just didn't even look alert to me defensively. Um, and you know what? When it's, you know, somebody like me who just didn't have you know, any, that, that kind of ability, a little bit mad, just to be honest, to, to, to watch and go, man, this guy's got all the ability in the world. He, he is, he's so athletic. He's long. He's, he can, he could do anything. He's not, it comes off as like, he's not ready to play or someone didn't get him ready to play. And that's really frustrating because man, the guy's got all the skills. He, he, he's already shown us he's got all the skills. So my grievance, my Thanksgiving grievance is that we think grieving grievance. What did I say? Thanksgiving grievance. It's your thanks grieving grievance. My thanks grieving grievance. Or it's your thanks grievance. My thanks grievance. My thanks grievance is that there's nobody who, when they are shooting the ball more than 10 feet away, do I have any real confidence that ball is going to go in? And I think that's recruiting. I think that's coaching. And to a certain degree, I think it's scheming because what Mac did on that play, and I can't think off the top of my head, another play where we ran some kind of action to get somebody a decent looking open shot. So Brian, my question to you is, is there stuff the coaches could go into practice go to the dry erase board and be like, okay, let's have this 
this and this available to us to manufacture those looks. Can that be done? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the same thing. I'm, I'm watching going, man, they call them, in, in the NBA, they call them quick hitter. And you, you know a lot about one hitters, but like I'm talking about quick hitters. <laughs> so, th- no, there's a lot of, there's a lot of action that it, that's supposed to come off like early transition. And let's, let's see if we can get like a, a move or an action that we like and a quick shot that we like early in the offense where it's a clean look and we like the shot, you know, before the defense kind of gets settled, locked in and, and, you guys know what that it gets harder to score against a defense that's dialed in. So I'm not seeing a lot of quick hitters. That's an NBA. That's NBA terminology. That's certainly Mike Woodson terminology. I I don't see that stuff. I you know I get really queasy when we take the ball down the right side of the court and we're telegraphing that we want to give the ball to Malik on the right block. Um, he knows what to do down there. And he's starting to get double teamed. You know, he's already, I think, because of yesterday, he's doing enough to get to call for the double team. He's not Trace yet. He doesn't, you know, you saw that tonight. He doesn't know how to pass out of it yet. Those are all like things you got to learn over time. You know, he he's not comfortable drawing a double team at the college level. And yet we're telegraphing a post up. I, I wish that we had some other action early in the offense, early in transition where there's more movement and we're trying to get a quick shot that we like. And we're, we're not doing that kind of stuff. And, it may, and that's, that's probably what bothers me the most going into the big 10, where I mentioned the scouting gets better. These are coaches and teams, I mean, good coaches and teams that have scouted us over the years. Right. So there's this, there's a knowledge of us and what we do and, it gets harder, not easier. And that's a fact getting into the big 10 gets harder. And I just already don't like, there's no surprises. You know, we're just, we're coming down and we're struggling to score. We're struggling to find shots. It, it makes me nervous for the big picture that we're, we're going to score in the fifties. You know, we we're not a scoring team and you got guys like, Jay, you know, someone like Jay Williams, who I, I do not need, I don't, I would love to never listen to him do a game ever again. Amen. But he's going after us about, you know, where's the next shot going to come from? Like, where's Indiana going to find scoring? And, and that, and that, but that's fair. I mean, that, that's a fair comment by him and it pisses me off, but it's true. Like, I, and I don't know either. Like we come down it's like, we're, we just want to run an offense and I, and I don't see the offense and I don't know who we're trying to get the ball to we we look like we want to just throw it into Malik and, and pretend he's Barkley. He's not. And he's not, he's not going to pass out of that double team like Trace does. I just, it makes me nervous for the big picture because I just don't, I don't see enough um, organization. Yeah. And look, Malik, I like Malik. He's got a lot of skills down there. He's not going to get those looks without, you know, uh, or draw fouls against good Big Ten teams. It's not going to happen. Louisville is atrocious. I mean, there was a play at the end of the game where Malik got the ball down low. There was a guy guarding him. He, like, took one half step, and the guy was gone, and he had a clear lane to the basket. It made no sense. They're terrible. 
I want to go back yes. to the Saints' grievance about shooting. Brian, we were one, I'm sorry, Dutch, we were one of 11 shooting threes tonight. Xavier Johnson was one of one. He hit one three. Trey Galloway was 0 of 4. Trey Galloway, I believe, for his, for the season is now shooting in the low 20s after everybody thought that he had fixed his shot last year. Mackenzie Mbaka was 0 of 3. Peyton Sparks, I'm sorry, Peyton Sparks. Anthony Walker was 0 of 2, and I want to get to that in a second. Um, we were 1 of 11 from three-point shooting. We have. I don't think we've had a game where we've made four threes. My thanks grievance is... You can't win consistently at this level without being able to shoot the basketball and without knowing you're going to get some points from three. There is the rare team that is able to, but that is usually a team that is like elite defensively or elite on offensive rebounds or elite in getting to the free throw line and shooting, you know, a high rate and a high percentage. We're none of those things. And so we're year three of an era where we were coming out of an era where we didn't have shooters for four years. Mm -hmm. Archie, we didn't have good shooters. And this staff, for whatever reason, has clearly not prioritized shooting. They have prioritized length and athleticism, but not shooting. And I, my big thanks grievance is that it's not, a, it should not be a surprise that this is where we're at. But this is where we're at, and it is inexcusable. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't disagree. You know, I, what we're what were we known for? I mean, I mean it's it's sad to go back a million years all the time. Um I feel like the shooters are here. They're in the state of Indiana. Um I really do. I mean, I feel like there's enough talent and we're not, we're not getting them. They're not, they're not here. You know, people want to tell me again, I, and I hate calling guys out that are young guys that I, I want to see them develop. You know, it's a, it's a weird thing what we do as we sit here and we talk about players. I really do want to root for this team and you know, I'm in Indianapolis area and I hear uh, CJ guns, a shooter. Well, I, you know, well, I want him to be, but, but we, but we're, we're just not, you know, we, we're, we, we shoot a, the numbers tell the story. You, you can't dispute it. We, we're not a three point shooting team. That's the, that's the era we're in, in the NBA and in college, like volume three point shooting. We're in Indiana, which was always known for like, Hey, you know, kids out there shooting on the barn and, and, you know, making shots, not on our team. It's been this way for a long time. We don't have shooting. Not since Jordan Hulls left did we have a guy that I was like, dude, if that guy gets a clean look, I expect the ball to go in. I well, expect I, it to go in. I will I I will actually say that Tom Crean's last Big Ten championship team in 2016, you had Yogi Farrell, James Blackman, Robert Johnson. Were they on that team? Yeah. 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 Robert Johnson, James Blackman, and Yogi Ferrell. All three guys shot well over 40% from three. And I had confidence that those guys could fill it up. Oh, and OG Ananobi, who turned into be a three-point shooter at the end of that year. And Thomas Bryant, our five-man, could step out and hit. 
So I do think that we did have a team that could shoot then, and we won the Big Ten championship. That was seven years ago. But seven. I want this to – this is going to overlap with my next thanks grievance, and it, it dovetails on the low IQ. You're absolutely right. We are just not a three-point shooting team. And while we may have a game where we hit 10 threes and get lucky and get some momentum, we're not going to be a good three-point shooting team overall. Then, if that's the reality, the next thing you have to do is don't take stupid threes, period. And Anthony Walker, who had an excellent game overall off the bench today. I mean, if we don't have Anthony Walker, I don't think we win this game today. I'm just going to pull up his stats real quick. He had a really good game. Anthony Walker went, sorry, pulling it up, 11 points on three of seven shooting, seven rebounds in 20 minutes, 0 of two from the three-point line. Neither one of those three-pointers should he have taken. Neither one. He's not a three-point shooter. And if you aren't a good three-point shooting team, your margin of error is smaller. When you take those threes, it's a turnover. It is a turnover. You're better off just working it, trying to get fouled, get to the lane. We've got guys who can do stuff in the lane. We're not good. So don't be stupid and pretend you're something you're not. Those guys shouldn't be shooting them. And, you know, if Mackenzie and Baco should shoot open threes, yes. Trey Galloway has to shoot open threes. Xavier Johnson has to shoot more than one three a game. But Anthony Walker should never shoot a three. C.J. Gunn? All we've been told is he's a shooter. He's shooting 7% from the three-point line for his career. Maybe it's not the right shot, but Anthony Walker should never take it. And it just seems like, back to your point about team IQ, mm -hmm. we're not smart as a team because a smart team knows what it does well and knows what it doesn't do well. And yet we're still baited into taking those shots. It's dumb. And it could have cost us this game as good as Anthony Walker played. And by the way, he played well. Caleb Banks played well. Peyton Sparks played well off the bench. Like the bench played well, mostly because Louisville is awful. I mean, they are awful, but those guys played well. But you can't give it away by taking a stupid shot. My thanks grievance is just not knowing who you are and what your role is on this team. Yeah, I, you know, how hard do I want to go at the staff um, this early? Yeah, I don't want to. Right. I don't. So you're bait me in, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to back off this time around. Um, you're going to wait. I'm going to. I am. I'm going to take a pass because I was fired up, and I, I I feel like I could say some things that would be a little too aggressive right now. Um, it's early. Thankfully, we're one and you know we go one and one and come home. <laughs> You know what? I don't even want to play the what if game because we're, I mean, if we'd have lost this game, I mean, this conversation is ugly, really, really ugly not, because Louisville, so to begin Louisville with. really sucks. Louisville sucks. Yeah. And we were, that, that game was in jeopardy late in the game. And I don't care if it was a zone defense or what it was or just Louisville sucking, but we left Madison Square Garden one and one. And I think we're lucky. And let's just let's see what happens here in the next the, the rest of these um, pre-conference games. But it's I mean, we're we're not going to be a, a, a really good basketball team. I and mean, we just we don't have the ingredients to be a really good team. Uh, maybe the parents of the players 
believe that we have great three-point shooters. But I think as basketball fans, it's fair to say, man, we're not going to make a lot of threes. And that's the game. That's the the modern-day game is you better make some three-pointers. And, you know, the the guy that steps into a three and looks the most confident to me is where. Yes. he, He steps in. He wants to shoot it. And I, I can, I appreciate the confidence. I see it. I can, I can, I can, I can watch him and say that guy believes that he's going to make shots. Um, that's something. I, the other guy, I don't, I don't see it from many other guys. I really, I just really don't. All right. Here's my next thanks grievance. Are we still on basketball though? Yeah. Okay. You're not going to move off basketball yet. Cause I have one more too. I mean, we have something to talk about besides basketball. I've got a pretty big thanks grievance about other another IU sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're we're sticking with basketball. Okay, but we're I going... am not playing the football game. Don't even, <laughs> don't even do it. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second and see if you stay stay on the Zoom. But if you're not going to recruit to be a good shooting team, if you're going to say, "Hey, guys, none of us are great three point shooters," but all of you. Just take a bunch of three-point shots. We'll get there. It'll emerge. I do think that's what they do. I think in practice they say, if you're open for the three, take the three. Everybody, just we'll throw it at the wall and see what sticks. I think that's what's been going on for three years. And nobody's really emerging as that. Of these guys who are athletic and long and have some innate talent but not coming in as shooters, nobody's magically becoming a great outside shooter once they get to Bloomington. That being said, I think they're recruiting most of the people they are because no matter what, they're long, they're athletic, they're going to be good on defense. And I think as scary as our lack of three-point shooting has been on offense, our ability to leave players from the opposite teams wide open for their three-pointers is equally as scary. Now, we've played some terrible teams that did not hit these open three pointers, but whether it's Louisville or Gulf Coast or you know uh, Wright, Wright State, State or Army, there's Army. They were all getting open three pointers, but because they're sub one hundred teams, most of them aren't going down, and we're escaping with victories. What can we do defensively to close the f out and not have teams like Penn State and Northwestern and Iowa score twenty three pointers on us? Well, I think you just named the right teams too. I mean, those those are the teams that are gonna they're gonna they've built an offense to um, to get those open, clean looks, and that's how they're gonna stay in games and compete in the Big Ten. And you nailed you nailed it. Um, I don't know. I mean, great question because this has been abysmal. Like our defense is is not it's not aggressive. It's very lackadaisical. Um, the, the the easy looks and, and the simple, quick, easy looks that that Louisville got tonight, that's scary. You know, Caravan, I'll go back to him yesterday. Like, guys like that, you got to have guys that can just like this ballsy guys that like really believe they're going to make shots. And he he's dying to get an open look. He's dying to get a decent look because he freaking believes he's going to – we don't have that guy that, that just, you know, there's nothing sexy about that guy, you know, that caravan dude, but he, he's, he's a, he's tough. Like he wants to shoot. He, he believes 
on a big stage that he's going to knock shots in. I love that stuff. And I'm like, where's our guy like that? That just like, oh, you leave him open, you're going to freaking pay. And when he misses one, he, he can't believe that he missed it. Those are guys that we want. I don't know where they are. You know, I we, we've talked about this. About this time last year, we had a conversation about Painter and Purdue. And I had told you guys, I had watched them a couple of times and I was impressed. And, you know, nobody loves how their season ended more than I do. That was the, the greatest. I, I've never had more fun in a basketball game than I did against Purdue Farley Dickinson. That was the best. <laughs> but here they are again. And I, I watch Purdue now and I, and I see depth. I see sharing. I see team basketball. I see guys buying into their roles. Um, I think that Matt does a great job at that and, and getting guys to go, hey, you're not playing for stats. You're playing, let, let's see if we can do something collectively. Um, and, and there's multiple guys that can shoot and to play. And it's not always the prettiest basketball. But I, I, I think biggest, big picture, I question our recruiting and, and, and our desire to go after the highest ranked players possible. Like, that's what I feel like we do. I feel like that's our strategy. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guessing from the outside looking in, but that's what I think I see. And I just don't like it because you got to find there, there's, there's guys that are just tough. Like I want this, I want this tough kid from uh, Kendallville, Indiana. You know, he, he's not ranked very high, but man, he's just got guts and, and he can, he believes in himself. He thinks he can make shots. I want to see guys like that on our roster, not like who are the who are the best people ranked by a dude that they threw it on the screen tonight. And I can't even remember the name. And I, I've been around basketball for a long, long time. It was some recruiting service. It was the name of a guy that ranked whoever 40th in the country. Who the hell is he? Who's the guy that's in charge of this? And I think that our, our staff just like lives by those rankings and goes after these kids almost blindly. And that's not how you put together a basketball roster. I'll, I'll liken it to, to coach Knight and the 84 Olympic team and look at who he cut, look at who he kept. He was trying to build a roster to, to build a team yeah. and have a lot of different ingredients to build a team and not, you know, what, who, what's the all-star team. And I, I think that's what we're doing. We're trying to build an all-star team, and that's not what this is. That's not what bas college basketball is. I couldn't agree more. I do want to um, bolster your point about the caravan-type player. But by the way, we were recruiting when Mike Roberts was here. Mike Roberts was all over him. And had Mike Roberts stayed an assistant coach, we probably would have gotten out to caravan. But anyway, wow. the other guys on the staff, I don't think, prioritized him. Uh if Caravan misses 10 shots in a row, he thinks the 11th one is going down. That's what a shooter is. I would imagine you were the same way. If you missed 10 in a row, you thought the 11th one was going in, and you were going to make 10 in a row after that. Trey Galloway had a moment in today's game. He had missed two threes in a row. He got the ball on the wing and was wide open, and he didn't even look at the basket. He was immediately trying to figure out, how can I get rid of this ball? If that is your mindset, you are not going to be – first of all, you are not a three-point shooter, and you're never going to be a consistently good three-point shooter. And I will give this to C.J. Gunn. He keeps shooting. He's a bench player and doesn't get a lot of time. 
uh, we haven't seen the 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 fruits of his labor yet, but it is a mentality that you recruit. And we have not prioritized that. And to your point about recruiting overall, I do think there's a few different ways to recruit. I think Matt Painter recruits as a program. He has a system. He goes out and gets, I mean, people make fun of him for, you know, the big guy you, it's a seven foot you, but he knows what works for him. And then he goes out and surrounds them with shooters and guys who play the right way and move the ball. <clears throat> he does that. Now, Matt Painter cannot get the five-star, five-star, five-star carousel. He can't do it at Purdue. And he doesn't want to do it at Purdue. He's happy with what he's doing. And by the way, they beat Gonzaga today by 10 points in Maui. That's one way to do it. I would argue Villanova recruited under Jay Wright very similarly to Matt Painter, but at a higher level because it's Villanova. And they were able to get different types of players than Purdue. Kansas, while they have had their fair share of a Grady Dick, you know, who's a one and done, or a Joel Embiid. You look at their team that won the national championship two years ago, it's filled with upperclassmen and filled with guys who were not the five-star top 10 guys in the country. He's building a program. Duke and Kentucky have done, let's get as much talent rankings as we can, and neither one has won a championship in a while and have gotten upset earlier. At Indiana, I believe that this staff has decided we want to compete with the Kentuckys and the Dukes of the world and the North Carolinas. We want to do that. And what has happened is they have ignored the players you're talking about. They have not prioritized them. And for whatever reason, they're not effective enough to get so much of that five-star talent that the talent itself just overwhelms you or overwhelms most teams. So we're stuck in this world where we're trying to be that but not being able to perform at that level in the recruiting space and then missing on those refined skill four-year guys who are tough and will play the right way. And so we're, we're, we're neither here nor there. And yeah. Is where so we're you, know, you said, yeah, you, you're saying all the things I agree with. I, I think as a, you know, 45 year fan or 40, whatever, four year fan of this program, like what I, what I think that we, as a fan base that we've loved the most or that we were attracted to the most is, uh, you know, toughness, number one, and experience, you know, like th th that was the hallmark of Bob Knight teams. Like you never had super young teams very infrequently. Did you have just like this raw young team? You typically had experienced teams, but you also, you, you hundred percent, you had a, you had toughness and you had, guys that were going to compete and just, you know, whether we were five-star, four-star, three-star, you're going to, you know, you were not giving you anything, you know, you're not getting free shit around here. And that I, as a fan, before I played and even after I played, that's what I was attracted to. I was like, yeah, Indiana is going to be gritty. They're going to be tough and they're going to compete. Um, and they're going to be smart. You know, there's going to be an IQ to this thing. We're going to, we're going to, um, we're not going to beat ourselves, you know, and I think as a fan, certainly before I ever played there is like, I use never going to beat themselves. You're going to have to beat them. You're going to have to do something out. Think Bob Knight, you're going to have to out coach him or, you know, they're going to have, we're going to have an off night shooting. It's not like we didn't lose games. We lost games. Um, but I just, 
what I see today is like, are we trying to be, to your point, are we just trying to be like this, this raw athleticism that's just so overwhelming and there's so many of them that you just can't beat them because they're just so much more athletic than right. everybody else? We're not that. And we're not even close to being that. But I feel like that's what we're trying to be. Yes. And and we're we're way off. I mean, we're not close to having so much uh, talent and athleticism that people just can't compete with us. And, and it, where it allows us to have like a low IQ. If, if that's what we're chasing, um, we're in deep, deep trouble. And we're never going to get there. I, I do think it's what we're chasing. And he's had enough success at getting guys like going back to, and it was a failure, but Tamar Bates and Mackenzie Mbako and Jalen Hood Shafino and Malik Renu and Khalil Ware. He's had enough that it's tantalizing. It's like, oh, we can beat out Kansas for a guy. Oh, we can be in that world. But you look at those rosters and they have multiple multiples of those guys. And even with that, what is Duke do they go out and get a big time a, a big man transfer high IQ guy that Ryan Young guy I think from Northwestern what does Kentucky do they go out and get transfers to come into the program what you know even what does UConn do they go out and get Cam Spencer a three-point specialist from Rutgers to fill in like that's what they're filling in and we filled in with Anthony Walker who had a great game today but not a highly skilled player. And Peyton Sparks had a great game today, but not a highly skilled player. And we're just, it's so hard to see the program perspective, from a program perspective, what is, what are they trying to build? Well, look, we're, we're not we're, being able to do it. We're in year three now where it's like, yes, you have Trace Jackson Davis. You use Trace Jackson Davis. He He is your system really on both ends of the court. You build around that. He's gone now, though, and you've had – this is now your your third cycle to bring in the guys to show the world, particularly the fan base, what kind of team you want to have, what kind of action you want to run, what kind of defense you want to play. So my expectation and now my grievance in this season, the first five games, is start to get a feel – for what Coach Woodson's vision is. And I feel that vision five games into year three is extremely muddy. Yeah, I I I don't mean to step on you, Brian, if you got something to say there. I couldn't agree more with that. I and I would even just take out the word you said that in year three you should be beginning to see it. No, it's not beginning. We should see it. With the way you can construct well, rosters. But I don't I don't think you take Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Huchafino out, and in the first five games, you're running at top speed. I think okay. it's like, okay, these guys, you got to you gotta build some chemistry, but I, I see what you're going for. It's okay. just not All there right. yet. I don't see what you're going for. No, no. No, I don't either. I, I don't. And I hate, the, I hate the press conferences. This is where, you know, I could start getting – coming off the rails a little bit like i just i don't like our explanation of what we're doing and the shortcomings of what we're doing um you know i don't, I don't like it i just don't and and I, it's serious shit right it's serious business to so many people 
So like when you beat, you know, whatever jackass team it was before UConn and, you know, and, and the coach is being colorful about his grandkid, like I'm not even cool with that. Like, it's like, dude, this we're playing like shit and we're playing like shit against shitty teams. Hey, it's not that interested. And like, I wish I was, it was my, you know, no, do the damn press conference. We're giving you $5 million, put the time in and talk about the freaking team and the state of the union here, which is not very freaking good. And talk about how you're going to fix it. And it, you're not, you know, when you, when you win and you win big, you can be Popovich, you can be Bob Knight, you can be Belichick, you can be colorful and jack with the media and, and, and push them off and, you know, play games. But when you haven't done shit and you haven't won shit and you're letting down a, ma a massive fan base, you ain't colorful, man. It's not funny. So get to get get to work. I don't like it. I think that is fair. I'm going to have one more thanks grievance on basketball. I did some digging over the last couple nights to see how much money do we spend on basketball versus other schools. And there's a bunch of different reports, and it's kind of hard to get the definitive number. But when you look at a bunch of sources, you get about an average, and they all seem around the same ballpark. We spend about 15 to $20 million a year on basketball, which puts us in the top 10 in the country of schools that spend on basketball. And the people that you would think are up there, it's Duke, it's Kansas, it's Kentucky. Uh, I mean, Maryland has a big basketball budget too. But we spend at a level that is commensurate with the elite programs in college basketball. And this isn't a new thing. We always spend on basketball. We have giant recruiting budgets. We pay our coaches or the head coach well. That dominates, I think, a lot of the cost in, in some of these things. But if you're running a business and just take a step back, the ROI on Indiana basketball, it's, it's not a normal business. You know, this is not Aurora Sleep, where the ROI is how many devices are you selling. It's not about how many tickets you're selling. That's not the only ROI for a college basketball program or a professional program. It's sports. It's competitive. It's how many wins are you getting? Are you winning? That is what you're spending money ultimately to get is wins. And we do not have a good ROI on the basketball program at Indiana, and we haven't for 30 years. And I'll take the last run of Bob Knight out of it. Since Bob Knight left from 2000 on, 23 years or what will be 24, our ROI on Indiana basketball sucks. It just sucks. And it has to change. It, to spend this kind of money, there should be an expectation that we are a top 15 program every year. We haven't been a consistent top 15 program since Brian Evans played for Indiana basketball in the 90s. We haven't. We had... To a two-year run, a one-and-a-half-year run under Cream, where we were good and made that run in the tournament to the Sweet 16. And then the next year, we were a number one seed, and then we shit the bed. And then we had one good year after that in 2016, and we've had nothing since. And we had one year under Mike Davis, which was really the leftover of the Bob Knight team. The ROI sucks. And my thanks grievance is just, we continue to throw good money after bad. And at some point, somebody has to just put a foot down and say, 
everything has to change. Whatever road we've gone down hasn't worked. And if it doesn't work and we don't start winning at an elite level soon, it has to change again. I'm not calling for anything. I'm not saying fire or anything like that. I'm just saying take a step back and look at the ROI on basketball. And our investment in basketball is nowhere proportionate to the performance on the court. And it hasn't been for a while. And it pisses me off. Me too. Want to talk about football? We can. I mean, I've carved out just about two or three minutes for football, but let's go ahead. <laughs> well, Ward, what, what's your thanks grievance when it comes to IU football? My thanks grievance on IU football is that it exists. <laughs> and as an alum, I feel an obligation to watch it. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much the 30,000 foot level. If we wanted to drill down and spend three or four hours um, on the minutia, we could, but I'd rather turn it over to the most entertaining of guests. Say, Brian, is someone else calling in? <laughs> yeah. Brian, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Angelo Pizzo is on the other line. Uh, I'll clear the stage for Angelo. He's the best. Um, um, you know what? I've watched the last two games in their in- entirety. And, um, you know, I couldn't help but giggle uh, through the through the tears and pain. It, but it, 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 these last two weeks have been the most classic. And I think really just encapsulate encapsulates what it's like to be an IU football. I, I, I don't even know if I call myself a fan, but like to root for IU football. IU football. That was just like that was the epitome of an IU football game. It, we are going to crumble at the end. We're going to tease you. We're going to show you just enough. We're going to keep the TV on the channel. And you just you have a pit in your stomach going, are they going to do this again? Are they going to find a way to lose this game again? And they always do. They always do. Uh, the, you know, the what was it? The game before last. Who are they playing? Penn State? Who, who are we playing where we – we caught up and then we we kicked the field goal to tie it, go to overtime. Who's that? Illinois. Oh God. Um, you know they they make you watch. You know I start yelling upstairs like, "Hey, come down here! I just got a chance!" And as soon as I bring people down, we make like you know four bonehead plays in a row. It's it's it reminds me of what I saw tonight and last night. It's like we have a low IQ in football and basketball. We're not, it, it, you guys, it, it has to be coaching. It has to be because if you can't get your guys to understand how to play and, you, and, and some of the penalties, it has to be the coaching staff. And so the coaching staff turns over and you fire people throughout the season and, you know, it's not the head coach's fault. So you're going to fire the special teams guy or the offensive coordinator. And it's, it's sad. It's, it's what we do. And they reel me in and they get me to believe almost every week. I'm a sucker. I mean, I'm a side fall for that shit almost every weekend. It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. My best days as a football fan were last year when I was with Michigan. <laughs> I, I'm not. And, and, before and since, I'm just a fool. I fall for this bullshit, but we we have no toughness and we can't finish a game. We just can't do it. 
I, I'm going to say two things. One on the micro level, coaching, and two on the macro level. One, I watched the Tom Allen press conference today, and he was asked about a play at the end of the Michigan State first half where they had the ball, Michigan State did, and we had a chance to tackle a guy like at the 15-yard line. And the guy who met him, I can't remember who it was, he benched him for the second half. He went for the strip instead of the tackle. And it, it didn't happen, and they scored a touchdown, okay? And Tom Allen said, what we coach at Indiana is you go for the strip if you are the second or third guy to meet the point of attack, which makes sense. Like, I, I'm not a football guy, but that makes sense to me. The first guy engages him and stops the forward progress. The other guy comes in and you try to strip the ball. And the guy didn't do it and he got benched. Okay. This is year seven of, or seven or eight of Tom Allen. You either one recruited a player who doesn't listen or two, you and your coaching aren't coaching good enough to communicate and get that point across so that your players are disciplined enough to remember that in the heat of battle. Either way, it's a coaching problem. So that's the yeah. micro, no doubt. The macro is, as opposed to basketball, we don't spend money on football. We are a joke of a football program. The facilities are not at the top of the Big Ten. They're not in the middle of the Big Ten. We don't have a football-only workout facility like almost all other Big Ten schools do. Our stadium is, they've tried to dress it up, but the concourse, the bathrooms, the concessions, it's a shit experience for the fans who go to a game. No wonder fans don't want to go. Besides just the play on the on the field, it sucks to be there. It's not a fun, good, feel good about being there environment. We don't hire the best coordinators possible. Every once in a while, we pluck a guy and make a big deal about it. But we don't spend across the board to go get the best possible coordinators we can because we know we're not going to get Urban Meyer as the head coach. So overspend and get the coordinators. We don't do that. The Mellencamp Pavilion, while it was cool when he spent the money 30 years ago or whatever it was, is a shithole. It's just a giant bubble over a field. That's all it is. It's nothing nice. We at an institutional level do not support football in a way that says we are committed to it. And until we do, I do think it will be a carousel of coaches without uh, any consistent winning. Maybe every once in a while you'll pop like we did a couple of years back and had two January bowl games. But if the institution and the athletic department isn't going to go for it, and I mean go for it, and I'll use Kansas as an example again, they recently announced a $300 million investment into football, upgrading facilities, practice facility, redoing their stadium, coaching salaries, the whole kit and caboodle, that's going for it. We aren't doing that. We haven't done it. There's no reason to believe we will do it. And until that changes, this is what we will have. A carousel of shit with every once in a while, there's a nice pony that you can jump on on the carousel. That's well, my you guys are well, well said, Eric. You you guys are so much more educated on this to be than I am. I you know I I feel like I'm I can weigh in on hoops and and, and make sense and and not be too far off base and and not be over the top. I I really can't on football. You know this stuff, the investment side of it, and what is Indiana really doing? 
so much more than me. I'm going to, I'm going to speak as if, you know, and I think you do. <laughs> We're, we don't have a chance. If, if everything you said is true, you mentioned the Kansas thing to me the other day. Um, I don't know enough about the commas, you know, in football and, and what other people are spending, but I think you guys do. Um, and if that's accurate at all, or if it's even close, then we're going to continue to have no chance, no chance. Yeah. Well, and the, um, scary, the scary thing is that ultimately starts to be really scary for what it means for the future of our basketball program. Because if we don't have a real football program, what major conference when there's only two or three of them left is going to want a school that has a middling, if historic basketball program and no football program to speak of generating any revenue and just mooching off of the schools that have been doing it and are willing to spend to become that. No, I don't think we're in jeopardy anytime soon of getting booted out of one of those two conferences. I don't, again, I don't, I'm not in conversations about that. So I, I could be off, but you know, we're better than Rutgers in both sports for the most part. We're, you know, when, when you factor in basketball, we're not Northwestern. We're, I, I, I think we're in a better spot than Maryland still. I mean, we're not at the bottom bottom. Um, teams have been beating us a lot lately in both sports. I know, Brian. We no, like no, I, I know. No, I know. But, I mean, we are not better than Rutgers in the last five years in basketball. We're not. We're not. No, no, than- I, I, I but, know. I agree. I, I agree. But, but I just, the point, I, there's no reason that basketball and football are totally different conversations because there is no reason why basketball can't be elite because it has institutional support, none. So it does come down to execution with coaching and recruiting, period. That That is it when it comes to IU basketball, coaching and recruiting. And well, football, I don't, you know, you, you guys are going to make me say something I didn't, I didn't come here to say. And I'll, I'm going to say it again. I said it, you know, three years ago. We did not go out and get the best basketball coach available. We we decided to get a guy that had Indiana ties, period, end of story. You had a guy that had been in the NBA for 40 years that had a good name that everybody likes from around here that had no college. You know, we hired a guy that had no college experience, guys. That's what we decided to do. That's what we thought was the best thing to do. Whoever was in charge, they decided, let's get – not the best college coach available. We got a guy that was not being courted by other schools. And no top five power five program was interviewing Mike Woodson. None. Indiana hired him. No. Let's, that's a fact. Now here we sit. So well, that's I, what we wanted. We got, we got one of our finest. We got one of our, you know, all-time greatest players. That's what we got. But we didn't get one of the all-time greatest coaches. We got – we decided enough time has passed. Let's go get one of Bob Knight's guys. And then and we chose Mike Woodson. And he was not one of the greatest college coaches in this era. If we were really serious about being who we th- – this conversation, who we want to be, that's not who we would have gone after. Period. Well, uh, the only thing I would add to that is there's no doubt the IU ties is why – Mike Woodson was on the radar, no doubt. But the NBA ties were too. I mean, there are plenty of Indiana guys that we could have gone after, but they did like, they made a decision 
you can argue with this decision, and believe me, many will, and many have. They thought, and I do believe Scott Dolson and the administration thought, we have to compete with Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina and Kansas and those. And to do that, we have to get those players that want to be NBA stars and can be NBA stars. And for us to get that, we need Indiana. We want Indiana ties to satisfy that part of the base. And we need a guy with NBA connections who that will be appealing to in the recruiting trail. And on some level, it has been. Like, we cannot forget that it has been on some level. It hasn't been good enough yet. It has not been good enough yet. But those two things, Brian, I think, everything else you said are facts. But I do believe that the NBA experience they thought would attract talent that we haven't been able to get, especially at the end of the Ar uh, Korean era and the entire Archie era. Okay. Well, I look at um... – I look at UConn. Let's just talk about UConn. So they, they got really bad. You know, the Kevin Ollie thing ended poorly. Um, they kind of fell off the, the cliff, you know, and, and the program got bad. Danny Hurley comes in in, in a short period of time, I think three years. I think in his third year, he wins a national championship. No, He's no. not a former player. How many years was he there? Has he been there? Is this his fourth? I think he's in his fourth year right now. But in his third year, he wins the national championship, and he had to build it from the ground up. Um, you know, I just – I don't know. I I, I think <laughs> at some point in time we got to start questioning what where we're going. How, how long is it going to be till we get there? I don't know. UConn had shit the bed. He took over. He had five years. He, this was his, his fifth year is when he won the national championship. He's in his sixth year? He is. His first year he went 16-17, really? 6-12 in the conference. Second year, 19 and 12, 10 and 8 in the conference improvement. Third year, 15 and 8, 11 and 6 in the conference, COVID year. Um, oh, no, maybe the, I'm sorry, the third year, the second year was his COVID year. Third year, he went to the NCAA tournament. Fourth year, 23 and 10, 13 and 6 in the conference, made the tournament. Fifth year, 31 and 8, 13 and 7, NCAA division champions, and has a top five team again after losing the best player on his team. Two to two best players on his team. Yeah, I again, I'm not. I was I was sitting here thinking, what's the future look like? Are we going to continue to do what we're doing right now, which is sprinkle the infield with the highest recruits we can possibly get, with not a big puzzle picture in mind, but just like, can we just put our names in the hat on the biggest names out there? I, I, I am not a fan of that strategy. I'm not even, I don't even know if that is the strategy because I'm not close to the program. I don't know the coach, but that's what I, I feel like I see from a distance is like, let's throw a name in the hat. Let's say we want all the same guys that all these other big schools want and hope they pick us. I, I, I hope there's a lot more strategy than, than that, but that's what it looks like. I don't know. And I'd like to believe in the state of Indiana, there's enough guys that can shoot the rock. Man, do we just – are there a couple roster spots? Like, I see these guys around the huddle. I don't know who the hell they are. I'm not going to look them up. I am not going to look up the Indiana basketball roster and see who these slaps are that are, you know, in jerseys and uniforms hanging around the, the bench. I don't, I don't know who they are. Were they – can they go in the game? Can any of them make shots? Why are they there? 
Are they walk-ons? Are they getting scholarships? Are they from Indiana? Can they shoot? What? I'm not seeing guys that can make shots. Like, where are those guys? Well, Indiana those guys. high school basketball has shooters. They do have shooters. Where are they? They're playing for Purdue and Duke and Kansas. And I mean, they just, they're not coming to Indiana recently. And we have not, and the Indiana high school has been a little bit down lately, but we, it's just simple. We have not prioritized shooting in recruiting. I mean, we just haven't. We have not prioritized it in recruiting high school players or transfer portal guys. It has not been a priority. And then the real depressing part is that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because we don't get those guys. We don't prioritize them. So we fill out a team that doesn't play good-looking basketball. So when one of those guys is available and they're deciding where to go, they look at your team and say, man, you don't get open shots for three-point shooters. You don't play a real spread game. That's not going to be conducive to my game. So I can't go to you because it won't be a good place for me to do what I do best. So they go somewhere else. Yes. Who's in the background? That's my daughter. My daughter's in the background. She's okay. in the fridge. Um, I mean, you would, sorry, Brian, do you have closing thoughts, Dutch? Because I'm really just really thinking that if anybody was upset or depressed or grieving before they started listening to this, uh, it's only gotten worse. Well, it's thanks grieving. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, I mean, it's we're living up to the name. I mean, we, we're delivering on the title of the show. Um, but I don't think we need to kick the dead horse anymore, right? Brian, Dutch, any closing comments? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll wrap it up on my end. And it, this, yeah, this thanks grievance. I like the name, and that is probably the highlight of the whole show. Is that you guys gave it a good name? The show itself has been a bummer. Um, <laughs> we're we're all just like, just like this dull bitching session is what we're doing. There's nothing good about it. But it's um, we we didn't like what we saw. You know, we had two games. We we played. You know, the first three games, weak talent, and then you know these last two games in the garden. You know, and I, man, I was I was hopeful that we would show out a little bit better. My I thought we'd go into the game um, a little bit nervous, right? And sometimes that nervous energy to play the defending national championship in the garden. I had a feeling that maybe we'd show up and 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 show us something we hadn't seen. Because you're scared, you know, you're you're afraid to get run out of the gym in the garden and nobody wants that. So I, I think we saw a little bit of that, you know, like, hey, we have, you know, we look pretty good. And we, you know, I, I said the beginning, yeah, we're just competing and we weren't getting run out of there. But all in all, after this second game, that wasn't a great showing. No. And I think there's there's a lot of concerns, right? You look at the big picture and you're like, man, we don't shoot it well. Um, wow, we, we we don't what we did last year pretty well. We didn't we don't defend well. We're giving up open looks in a three point shooters uh, game nowadays. That's what we're giving up is like good three point looks. That's not good. I mean, there's there's a lot of questions, and I'm sure you know the staff is going home, and these guys are. They're going to get, I hope, they're going to have to get to work, you know, and that's what Woody's saying is like, well, we got a lot of work to do. I, I got a lot of work to do. I failed. Uh, I didn't have us ready. I, you know what? I hope that, I hope he means that because that's what I see. I hope he means that because he does have a lot of work to do. And I hope he's willing to do it. And and that's, 
I think that's the next question is, is he going to do the work because they got a long way to go, man. My, my final thanks grievance is that I've never been this depressed over starting the season four and one. <laughs> like where we have an 800 winning percentage this season. Good math. And I am bleak. I am most impressed with Ward's quick math. That is uh, surprising to yeah. say the least. Uh, I got nothing else to say. Dutch, as always, it's interesting. Hey, I hate, thank you, but I, let me interrupt. I, say, I, I hate that this is our show. I mean, we, this is not what we want. I mean, let's let the people know we would like to be more positive than this. Um, you know, you, you guys bring me on for the negativity show now. Now that's going to become, it already has become who I am uh, <laughs> on your show. When shit goes bad, you bring me in to talk about the bad. I don't want this. I, I, I still think that we've got enough talent if we can tap into it and get these guys playing hard. We've got guys. You know, I don't know that we have enough shooting to, to really contend and compete in the Big Ten. I think that's probably our biggest our biggest flaw is that where is the shooting? We just don't see it. But for goodness sakes, we are, we want to, we love this program. We love this team. And I agree with you, Ward. Four and one feels like shit right now. <laughs> and four, once upon a time, we'd have been happy with it. Well, to end on a positive note, when we inevitably go on our run this year, which we will, we, I right, let me take that back. When we go on our run, this joke would have been a lot better if I did it smoothly. When we go on our run, which we will inevitably do, we will have you back on. So, Dutch, we will see you in 2027. <laughs> ah, you guys, when, when shit gets rolling, you're not calling me. I know that. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Look. Danny, and guess what? I know it's not going to be. I know it's not going to be in January. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dutch. Be good. All right, guys. That was a guest. That was a guest. I got nothing left to say. You got anything? No, I, I do. That it was really depressing. Like you, you think, oh, we're gonna have a good venting session. We're gonna talk it out, yeah. and then be able to let it go and and move on and be optimistic about the next game or hopeful because you know we got it out of our system. But no, no, I just feel like I'm I'm even more drained thinking and talking about it rather than just watching it. The highlight was definitely when Bailey came in and raped Ward. That was the highlight of it all. And for then, you, and for then me, it was when he she humped your leg. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the Hysterics. No E. No I. But, but the sometimes why. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Some people just know there's a better way to do things. Like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate. Or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. 
Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.